You're listening to Tarot Visions. You lucky devil. All right. So, huh. Well, what's going on? Put this free? Well, I, I've got my, my, my paperwork. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm so excited. I'm choked up. Um, and, and, and I don't know where to put it in my house. Is that an 8 by 11 frame even? Yes, of course. I have to. You know, people have to see that, well, Ooh. certification is important. And, and, and. Oh, my wait God. Wait. Yeah. Where's where's yours? Why didn't we? Here's my problem. I, I well, I'm waiting. I've got I've got the transformative tarot certification. I've got um, a couple of the tarot school um, stuff done. Okay. I'm not fully complete yet, so I don't have the official like the the official one yet. So I'm waiting to put everything oh. on the wall like nice together. Oh I, I I have this thing of wanting we to put have them to be prepared. down the wall. We're have the tarot master on the. Oh wait, wait, wait! Think of that shit. That part of my French. Uh, darn it! That's this week. Really? I didn't think that was this week. Uh oh. We need to get these up, don't we? Right there. Oh, oh, oh! Crap! Hi, Bannabelle. Hi. Hi. Am I talking to certified tarot readers? I only speak with certified tarot readers. Well, well, maybe yeah, a little kind of maybe, but but well, wait a minute. Are you certified? Oh, okay. I know I'm certifiable, okay, well, but it's different, right? Right. Tarot All right. Certification. Well, I'm going for that program. I feel like oh. at this point, I really need to validate how I am as a, you know, as a tarot professional. So I'm looking you've for some. You've been on the show twice. This will be your second time, right? Or okay. Third. So I think I'm close, right? Am I close? Right. Well, 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 Jamie, you had how many punches on your ticket? Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. I well, had. We'll, I had. We'll, a, we'll figure it out. We'll yeah. Totally need to but seriously. <laughs> so, okay. So, so now that we've gotten that other way, let, let's get serious here for a minute. Certification is this big topic that's going through tarot. The well, it's been coming in and out a lot. I think for people uh, to talk about certification, paperwork, and this program and that program. What's your experience, Benabel? Because I know. You are a tarot master. I'm sorry. I don't care what anybody says. You are. I've seen the books. I've almost wanted to kill little children by putting them on top of children. It, it, because, you know, that knowledge is there. Well, what actually, I'm not, a, I'm not a tarot master because my yes. certification board went defunct. So oh, since the board that certified me went defunct, I no longer have certification. <laughs> okay. So, so wait a minute. Wait, 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 rewind. Mm. The board defunct explain Lucy. okay well no let's just speak facts okay so i you know factually speaking yes, factually i obtained speaking. uh the certified tarot master uh level from the tarot certification board of america but oh. that that pro that program has now gone defunct so my certificate went with the certification board right so then now we have a question of what exactly is certification yeah, that's interesting. I didn't realize that something like that could be defunct either. Like if a um, a body, a, let's call it a governing body, just for the lack of a better term, goes defunct, mm -hmm. you know, are you still able to use the I'm a certified tarot master or not? And that's I would a good question. Yeah, I would think you would still be, though, because, again, you did all the work. 
Yeah, um, I, I would think so. And and okay, okay, here, here. I guess this is my question. I on based on that whole discussion just now, um, because the 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 entity has now closed up, closed shop. Um, your paperwork is no longer valid? Question mark. Because that's well, nice, there's no absolute answer to that, right? That's going to be right. de- that's going to depend on the individual and how they feel about okay, that. I think coming from a mo- like from the professional background and mm-hmm. the sort of upbringing that I have, if you are certified in something, you say I'm certified as a blah blah blah, but then right. you also have to immediately following that explain who certifies you. So oh, yeah. you know, for example, as a lawyer, there's different certification programs after law school, but right. you have to say how you know where you're getting that certification from. Now, if that body goes defunct, then how do you make that statement? I'm a certified tarot master from where, <laughs> right? So but right. I don't know. I mean, that's a controversial opinion. I just feel like at this point, if the board is defunct, how can you say you have a certification? And and that's a question. But again, how do you justify not saying you are when you did all the work while it was still a valid uh, authority? I- authority correct and and i and to be honest i didn't know it had gone defunct um the tarot association the one that you're talking about i thought that was still around um so again how do you not if you've got your paperwork you've got your how do you not say yes i still am because i did this work and even if you did do the work and you are a certified anything what does that mean well, yeah, exactly. True. So I think we need to start so, at the beginning uh, and say, what is certification or, or what do we each think is certification? Yeah, that, that yeah, that's what I would want to say. So, uh, well, we brought you on the show. We're going to make you talk first. <laughs> oh, oh, I was hoping somebody else could talk so I could steal your ideas and just reword it. Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> for me... What is your idea, Jamie? Certification is, um, to me, it's akin to kind of like... It's a double-edged um, thing. First off, there's a scholarly approach to it. Mm-hmm. Like we go, we're, we're told after high school or even during high school, you got to go to school. You got to, you know, know things. You got to get a, a little paper that says you know things and whatnot. And in our Western culture, or at least the uh, American culture, getting that little piece of paper is somehow important. And it gives you a label of, hey, you know things, you've done time, you've done work, and this is your, <laughs> you know, you, yeah, you've done some time in this subject, and you know what you're doing. So like, um, just on a scholastic approach, um, I went to college, I got an English degree, I got my anthropology minor, and on the side, I did a um, small s- snippet, which was 15 credits of professional writing. So I have a certif- I'm certified a professional writer, which meant I did, I took classes, I did a um, thingy, um, what do you call it, um, internship somewhere, and I actually wrote for a company. And then they said, here, here's some paper saying, you know how to do this stuff. So in the tarot world, I see um, certification as kind of a way for either beginners to go through a program that says that this program will teach you the basics of tarot, maybe tarot reading, give you maybe, Mm -hmm. um, you know, experience somehow with the cards, handling the cards, or even a program of reading so you can get your 10,000 hours or however long it says that you are a pro or a expert type thing. And then they give you a paper that you can hang on the wall if you want, you know, type of thing. However, certification, there's the bigger topic, and I think that's the one we're kind of skirting around the issue is, is we all read differently. 
you know, yeah, sure. dear listeners, you know, every single one of us reads. I mean, if Ben and Bell, Rose and I are kind of staring at each other, and I bet if we, you know, did a small one-card sample for each other and whatnot based on the same question, you're going to hear a lot of different um, information. So how do and we... And even if we had the same card, we'd yeah. give it different information because it's our, our different experiences. Precisely. So how do you actually, like I used the word earlier, govern? How do you govern us? How do you, you know allow for the unique experience that we all have as readers and the insight that we have and the intuition, the psychicness, whatever you want to label it, how do we validate that and actually say that, yeah, this person's good or this person, you know, has done the time, done the work and they are still good. And I think that that's the, like I've been trying to say the double-edged sword of it's a body of study as well to get a paper, to get a degree as well as how do we validate ourselves as a profession, a legitimate profession. And my brain is kind of going, this kind of feels like when you're a self-taught computer programmer, for example, um, you, you may not have all of the paperwork, but you've done all of these different uh so I hate to say this is really bad YouTube videos and you followed all of them and you did all the work and you've got this pile of paperwork and then you go and you take the little you go to the, an interview and you they give you a competency exam and you pass the competency exam or whatever that they're testing for and then they ask you where did you go to school and you say I didn't that's when they say okay thank you very much it was nice to see you My and you're part, just kind of yeah. like I think oh. that depends, though. That depends on, depends the, company. on the, the company. For yeah, example, in the Silicon Valley, I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. If you prove your competency, there's a lot of more progressive, open-minded startups and tech companies here where we live. Right, right. exactly. I don't think would do that, but I think you're you're definitely onto something. Traditional, more stuffy, closed-minded corporations absolutely are going to look for your Ivy League paperwork. Mm-hmm. But I think there are, I mean, so I think they're even in that example, it reflects the tarot community where they are, you do have like the more stuffy sort of, oh, you need mm-hmm. to have your papers. And then you have the more, well, if you are competent, then you're fine. Right. And I think that's the thing. It's like, um, I'll be honest, I have certification in the Voyager tarot system. And I can say that, yes, I've studied all the things that Wanless, James Wanless wrote. That doesn't make me a better tarot reader than anybody else I know. It just makes me go, I know the Voyager tarot really well. And I can, you know, use that. I can look, pick up one of those cards and they're full of stuff and this, this, you know, because of what he designed. But I don't think that makes me a better tarot reader in general. I just think it makes me a great Voyager tarot reader. And I think that's where people need to figure out how they want to look at the cards. Are they looking at or the the one or the one system you're taking, Jamie, for mm-hmm. the tarot school, you're going to be a really good tarot school reader because you know their system. Yeah. Does that make you a better tarot reader than somebody else who doesn't? I don't know. I think it just makes you a different tarot reader. I don't think tarot. Well, the spirit of certification programs in tarot. I don't think it's necessarily to uh, see who is the better tarot reader. It's more for the consumer and for the public. Mm-hmm. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't yeah. think certification program. The purpose shouldn't be to validate us as tarot readers. The purpose is to establish the entire community of tarot readers as a valid profession in the eyes of the mainstream public. So if that's the spirit, I think there's a there's a slight difference, and the way you would approach it is different. 
different. My issue is when you have a lot of private certification programs, and they're basically mm. for-profit certification programs, I don't know if they're selling education or really helping the public with consumer protection I think the purpose really becomes selling validation. And when you sell validation, then you have this issue of, are you exploiting the people you claim to love? And I would agree with that statement. Again, it depends on what the what the focus is and what, you know, why are you doing it? I think that's the, really what it comes down to. And as you said, for-profit? Uh, well, see, and I, so, I'm in a for-profit in a way. I mean, I'm pretty sure the terror schools for-profit sort of kind of a degree program. It's basically I'm in the um, terror schools correspondence degree program. It is, mm. well, at the time that I purchased it, $800, and it is literally a 12-lesson um, with um, Wald or Ruth Ann calling you after each one to acknowledge that they got the work you did the work how do you feel with the work and whatnot but the lessons are involved and long and they basically when i talked to wald about it it was it's basically a undergraduate program in tarot is the way he put it with um once you complete that there are possible other studies and whatnot that you can add into and Mm -hmm. i'm halfway through it i've been halfway through it for quite some time due to life and whatnot but it is like what we're talking about. It is a um, huge body of work that they, you know, say that you do stuff. And it's weird because you don't get grades. You get a, you get a, you did the work or you didn't do the work. And if you didn't do the work, they have you corrected so you can say you did the work. Mm-hmm. And at the end, you do get the paper, and I'm not sure what else you get with it. But I decided to go into it because at the time, around 2011 or whenever when I started mm-hmm. this. I wanted to have a certification. I'm like, well, if I'm going to be a professional and people are going to be asking me, well, who did you study under or what have you done? I can say, well, as far as card study, I went to the tarot school. As far as who I've studied under, you know, I've studied under this person, this person, this person, blah, you know, the the standard pedigree. It's almost kind of like I feel sometimes like we have to be a certified um, pedigree dog or something like, you know, my my mother was this person, my father was this person. And here's how you know, here's my you know, where I came from, which is the blending right. of, you know, all these different tarot people and whatnot. And so that's kind of at the time what I wanted it wasn't necessarily I wanted to be validated for hey, senpai, look at me, you know, did I do good? Do I know my stuff? It was, how do I explain myself to others when they asked me, why do I need to, you know, why pick you? You know, I've been in psychic fairs and my prices are typically higher because I don't want to cheapen my services. And people will come to me and say, why should I give you full price instead of go over here and pay five bucks? And I'll say, you know, you know, well, I've taught under these people. I put in the work. This is my full time job. I don't have insurance. And, you know, well, I have insurance through my my partner. But, you know, I don't you know, if I didn't have my partner, (laughs) I would have no insurance. So it's like this is the rate I need to live. And when you see me, you're seeing a professional. You're not seeing somebody who does this as a hobby or somebody who just plunked some cards down to make some extra cash. No offense to anybody that out there that's like that, but that's the example I'm using. No, no, it makes sense. And and how would oh, go ahead. No, no. I was just going to say that, yeah, if you're doing a program for educational value, that's a totally different. I think it's all about purpose and intent. So mm-hmm. if the purpose and intent of going into any program, let's say even if it's a current for-profit certification program, if I enter the for-profit certification program, not because I want to be validated or I think that I need someone to tell me, okay, and now I'm giving you permission to become a professional reader and I'm mm-hmm. doing it for educational value, I think that's a very different story. Especially if it's within the investment is within my budget. 
You know, right. I'm always afraid of people going outside of their personal budgets to do something that might not yield them a measurable financial return. So that's mm-hmm. also something that I really worry about when it comes to a lot of the people who are going for some of these programs. Um, and also, I do think that's another, like Jamie brought up another reason why a very well-established qualitative certification program would be wonderful is because if we had something like that that was more readily recognized, people wouldn't go up to her and ask her why her prices are so quote-unquote high because Mm -hmm. she would already have that elevated status as a professional because we have this well-recognized certification board. Just like people rarely come up to me as an attorney and ask me why my prices as an attorney are so high, but I definitely get that same exact question as a tarot reader. Mm -hmm. That's true. So then I guess the question would be what, in your opinions, both of you, mm-hmm. uh, what what would be a way to make our profession uh, a little bit more validated? What what because, again, there's the for profit. There's the here. Let's just give you a certification. You have a piece of paper. How can we uh, work together to elevate being a tarot reader as something as good as long as you've studied and do your thing? as say being an attorney because i mean you do have that you live in both those lives for example benabel how do you remind people or or where do you see a good way for all of us to work together to be able to look at a tarot reader and an attorney as both well educated in their professions does that make sense Um, It takes a lot of solidarity among the community of practitioners first. Mm -hmm. Um, We can't, I mean, I know the culture isn't there where they would readily accept it as a elevated status as a profession. Mm -hmm. However, I don't think that should be the entry barrier. I think people who are tarot practitioners need to become the change they want to see. And they have to sort of collectively create a reality that people will see, oh, wow, they're a very elevated profession. And then Mm -hmm. you can change the minds of the public instead of just sort of giving up just because the culture isn't there for you. But to have that happen, that step is huge in order to find solidarity among the tarot practitioners in this community is very difficult. I think kind of going along and adding with that, the first thing that popped in my head was we need to combat and challenge um, some of the negative stereotypes. Like we see a mm-hmm. lot of articles online about this psychic person or this tarot reader charged somebody $5,000 to, you know, clean their aura so that, you know, the negativity. And, you know, that hurts us. And I think going along the lines of coming together in solidarity, we need to challenge those perceptions. We need to talk about them, not just like we say, oh, well, that's just a charlatan. They're, they're not my community. They're not my tarot community. Unfortunately, they might be. And we need to mm-hmm. directly address it as we see these things posted on Facebook or posted on our blogs or talk about it on podcasts such as this saying, hey, we don't agree with those and don't, you know, say that don't blanket statement that all of us are like this when one or two people, I mean, even here, I live in Portland, Oregon, and we actually had one of those big articles a couple of years ago about somebody here in Portland doing that. And I thought Portland was pretty progressive, but I guess not. But, you know, like I said, we have to talk about it. We have to get it up with um, the conversation going and say, this is not the tarot tribe that I know. This is something mm-hmm. else. Here's some questions that you can ask your tarot person, and we're always telling people, hey, if they want to charge you $500 and they're not, you know, a recognized professional, ask them why they're charging $500. 
Yeah, what are you getting for yeah, your money? Yeah, what are you getting for it? You know, I mean, if you want that cleansing for $500, hey, that's great. But recognize that if you don't believe in the cleansing or if the negative stuff doesn't go away, that it might not necessarily, you know, again, it's that gray field of you got what you paid for, but at the same time, is it exactly what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Well, that's and- where certification comes in handy in a lot of other. So, for example, you have a lot of doctors, you know, malpractice or unlicensed medical professionals, and they make it into the news, but that doesn't downgrade the entire medical community. I mm-hmm. think it's because the medical community and a lot of these other professional communities have a certification board of some kind or a licensing board that can very clearly distance themselves. They can either, you know, take away their license, take away their certification, or they can say, hey, they're not even licensed. What are you talking about? So we don't have that. So we easily get grouped all together, the bad Mm -hmm. examples. And you can't really blame the public because there's no other way for them to make the distinctions. Truth. And and to be honest, most of us who who are doing the the right way are not the ones you're going to find when you're walking down the street at you know fisherman's wharf uh per se you might but generally speaking the the neon palm people are not always the ones that are certified let's put it that way um and you will get that option of okay do i go in and do i spend the hundred bucks to get a reading for them to tell me that i'm married when well clearly i'm wearing my wedding ring i must be you know kind of thing or the happy squirrel oh no kind of thing that you saw in the simpsons just I think that's the thing we need to figure out is how to to come together as a community. I think the tarot school is doing a decent job with that as well and and making it very clear what you're getting for uh, what you're paying for. But so I have a question. Ahead. So oh. let's say we're brainstorming. We want to you know not necessarily the tarot vision certification program because we know that's an excellent program to you know join up for you know your money's worth, which is absolutely nothing. However, if we were to come up with our own certification thingy, you know, I'm just going to call it a thingy, what sort of qualifications do we each think a certification needs to have in order to be good, you know, for the lack of a better um, describer there? Um, well, besides besides the normal the, the parameters of of qualifications, I think I wanted to bring up one thing that I, it's sort of sometimes the elephant in the room. So, yeah. in a lot of professions, like the higher professions, there is if you're not coming from a certain socioeconomic circumstance, mm-hmm. you can't become that profession because it's very difficult to enter that profession without the money and the funds. Yeah. And I don't want, if I had any say in it, I wouldn't want tarot to go that down that path. Since it's not already down that path, there is, you know, an opportunity for people who are, you know, in the community to, to kind of form its path and make sure it doesn't go in certain directions. Mm-hmm. So that would really be disheartening if I saw it where people who didn't have particular financial means weren't able to become certified tarot professionals. So, I mean, if you were to set up a legitimate program, it would need to account for that in some way. And and I think that's where scholarship and sliding scales are very important. Um, I know that when I've taken classes, uh, just to go to classes, not, not for certification specifically, um, at different local, uh, metaphysical stores they will make the offer of you pay what you can afford but you, minimum five dollars but you know if you can afford more that would be great that helps the person who's doing the teaching but no one's turned away if they have nothing either and that i think is going to have to be very important as you point out 
our our people who want to learn tarot may not be in the top, you know, one percent, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, they may not be in the top ten percent. They may not be in the top ninety five percent. But that shouldn't dishearten them from trying to learn and trying to get that information. I think that's really important that you brought it up, Annabelle. That you know we need to make it affordable for everyone because it should be something that we all can do. I'd like to agree to that. I also like. I think a lot of it also has to deal with a seeker, where you know what sort of lessons or guidance do you want? Because mm-hmm. um, I know I in my private practice I don't certify people, but I do mentor people. And one of the biggest I, after. The, my, my first assignment's free, and that is go through each of the cards, keep a tarot journal, write down your thoughts, you know, at least a page, mm-hmm. and when you're, without the little white book, and then when you come yeah. back, come to me, and then the real lessons begin. And that's the hardest lesson of all, is to actually journal once a day on each card for 78 days. Sometimes I don't mm-hmm. see the person out, you know, at all, because they decide that's tough. However, those that come back, we sit down and we decide, well, what do you want to do with the cards? What do you want to do with mm-hmm. tarot? Do you want to, you know, do you want to do psychic stuff? Do you want to read for yourself only? Do you want to read for others? How far into this, um, into the Alice of Wonderland that tarot can be, do you want to go? And then I try and build a program around what fits their needs and budget or mm-hmm. whatnot. And when that's done, it's like, hey, go you let's you know i'll support them in the community as far as you know here's what i know where you can go read or here's some you know um oh this client of mine doesn't really jive with me maybe they'll jive with you and again it's that coming together and sharing the information and sharing who we know and having each other as touch base so that's something i would add into that is that the option to have the customizable things to it Mm mm-hmm and and getting the modules, I think, is a good idea. Um, giving them here's the here's the first step. Figure out if that's what you really want to do, and then move forward. And I, I appreciate the fact that I know the Benabel you've been putting out different things for people to learn. Um, yep. Besides your books, clearly awesome books. Um, but you also have been putting out different um, like oh goodness now. Oh, she's Tell been putting out name, so much. She's got the um, – her new course is coming out as the um, astrology class, which – Yes, that's right. That has uh, – not only are you going to teach the – is it the Western chart system? I know nothing about astrology, so I know I jumped on this at the beginning because I'm like, okay, Benabel thinks kind of similar to me, the modularity of it all, the mm-hmm. cut and dry. Um, I'm a workbook junkie, <laughs> so, you know, written stuff, lessons – video everybody learns differently and so i jumped on it because i wanted to you know i figured well maybe her program can actually teach me the astrology that i need to know that's not just a handful of items here and there but she's also teaching both chart systems like the western chart is it called and the other one well there's multiple chart systems but i think one of you know there's the equal house system and then you have the ones that are more angular sort of like placidus so i teach whole signs so that you mm-hmm. can really master equal house and then placidus i feel like even though i'm a whole signs reader it's important to teach placidus nowadays because all pretty much any of the free programs that you try to generate a a an astrological chart with is going to be done in placidus Mm-hmm. So I want people to be able to read with both, understand both. I don't teach side reel, but in the beginning, I explain the difference between tropical and side reel. And so people really have a strong foundation astrology, and they can build from that. And then it's a lot of, it's it's both traditional and modern systems taught at the same time, side by side. And we really get into the modern, you know, the dwarf planets, Eris, which was only discovered in 2005, and all of the asteroids. So we talk about everything from the sacred seven of ancient astrology to 
these dwarf planets and asteroids discovered only 10 years ago. That's and now all cool. of us are going science. <laughs> I wow. just like that um, um, they're called the same. You won't seven. get certified. I don't certify you as like right. a legit astrologer or anything like that. I don't know. But I think that's a good thing that all of us, you know, take these extra courses, not necessarily for certification purposes, but to expand our knowledge base. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I picked up your books. Um, it wasn't that I don't know tarot. It's that I want to learn this other person's view because they're going to share with me their knowledge set that I can then incorporate into what I already know and build my practice to be bigger and better and, and that sort of thing. And I think that's the most important part about being a, a reader in general is pulling your knowledge bases together and i think because again we each see things differently and go ahead jamie i was just gonna say just to you know um springboard off of that i think that's the bottom line of why you know in a way some people want certification it's not necessarily for the little piece of paper it's because hey i like your perspective or that reading you gave me was really really cool it's done something that i've never seen done in tarot before teach me show me because right. that's kind of how I started off my love of taking classes is that I, I stumbled upon somebody locally who had this unique perspective. And I was like, I've never seen the cards used that way. Show me. And then she showed mm -hmm. me. And then I started going to places like Bats and whatnot. And I have this big community of people where I love watching pe people read for others so that I learn from them what they do or their techniques, which is, you know, a reason why I like Benabel's classes and stuff because there's all these techniques and all these new ways and you can just totally suck it all up and be a sponge. Mm -hmm. I'm absolutely a hoarder of tarot books. I continue, I'm like, I always have one or two tarot books. Like I'm in the middle of it, bookmarked, you know, dog mm -hmm. I'm always reading it. And I find that I still learn so much because we have so many diverse perspectives on the various cards, mm -hmm. especially as the sort of, you know, the, as, as, we as a society evolve, you know, mm -hmm. now, for example, a lot of times when you have Aquarian energy in some of the tarot cards, it's read as the internet and social networks. That's mm -hmm. obviously not a traditional, traditional meaning, but it's one that's perfectly valid. And I really see the reasoning behind it. So I really love that. And I really love reading new perspectives and learning from what's out there right now. So yeah, I think if you're a if you're a professional tarot reader, you absolutely should be on, you know, continuing your education if it's not through books, through courses, interacting mm -hmm. with other tarot readers to so learn multiple perspectives. That's so important as long as everyone understands that there can be a diversity of opinions mm -hmm. and it's like your opinion is wrong and my opinion is right. And now we have to talk about who's a more powerful psychic reader because I don't know. Or pedigree. My pedigree is this. What's yours? Hmm? No. Yeah, exactly. And see, don't dogs. Must love dogs. That's what your pedigree has to be. Must <laughs> love dogs. And see, I, that's exactly what I like. I like to know where we intersect similarly and where we don't. And that's, you know, there is no right and wrong. I'm sorry. You know, there, you know, a lot of people like to have the black and white thinking, but I don't think there's any, nobody's right, nobody's wrong. It's all perspective based, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. we, we have our experiences, our experience define who we are and where we come from. Mm -hmm. And no two are going to be alike. And we'll be able to share those unique differences through being able to have these discussions. But to have somebody come mm -hmm. in there and say, you're wrong, kind of puts the kibosh on them. And if they're a new person, then they're not well shielded against you know like being able to back up their information then they might shy away and say okay fine i guess i'm not a reader because i don't you know i don't know how to do this which is wrong because they are a reader they know stuff 
and I've always found that t- going into a class with a bunch of beginners and they're like, teach us how to do this stuff. And I'm like, um, no, not yet. Let's pull some cards. Tell me what you see. And they kind of freak out at first until I go, no, no, really. Tell me what you see. And I get the looks and they start trying to pull their books out. And I'm famous in my little meetup groups. I pull their books away from them. And I'm like, no, no, you cannot read the book. This is not about the book. What do you see? And they start trying to read the words around their cards. And I'm like, no, no, no. What do you see? And it makes them like, they're like, oh, I can say something about what I see. And I also try and give them the cards where you cut the borders off Mm because I'm notorious for that. And they freak out at that as well. And I'm like, no, it's time to trust yourself because you know things. You don't know what I know, but I don't know what you know. And I think that really is very helpful for new people, especially to realize that they're going to teach me something when they don't think they are and i'm like no really what do you see and they'll tell me things and i'm like i never saw that in that card i never got that feeling why do you have it awesome and then i end up using it later on in my practice like because i remember oh wait this person who i'm talking to now reminds me of that person who i learned this thing from maybe if i say that thing and it clicks and that's like the collective consciousness coming together of all these people having similar ideas but not exactly the same at the same moment and just blending and i'm using my hands a lot it's Um, it's funny you know people when they you know when you put a tarot card down you say tell me what you see it's like they forget that it's a piece of art when we mm -hmm. go into museums it's like i'll walk into a museum and i'll like look at the mona lisa and i'll you know probably have some words or maybe a poem or something comes to mind when i see it but when you put a tarot card on the wall or something everybody freaks out like i don't have the authority to talk about it even though they've just described what the mona lisa is and did and and you know was to them and at the at its heart, their art starts speaking about the art, and then all that mystical woohoo and whatnot will come later if that's the path you want to go down. It's funny. I think I have a. I mean, this shows the diversity of approaches, right? Like I have a very different approach. For example, mm-hmm. even in art, yeah, when you walk into the Louvre and you see all of the paintings, uh, there's absolutely this sort of baseline appreciation for art, no matter what your background is, and you right. can look into it and see something and it's very evocative that's why it's a masterpiece right right but i think that when you go in there as an art historian or an art student and you have this foundational knowledge of of what the various uses of symbolism was at that time for example there was a period when um, paintings of green vases represented a woman losing her virginity but if you didn't know that and you just see the painting you miss out on these nuances And so I think um, the way I like to teach tarot is to go back to the masters. You know, some of the, you know, old 18th and 19th century tarot authors that I admire and to start with those meanings and to really understand sort of the legacy of where these card meanings are coming from and where these card meanings come from through elements, through, you know, numerology and through astrological correspondences. And then after you have this really strong foundation, then you let go of everything. I Mm. think there's a difference between, you know, talking shop and then the artistic performance of an actual tarot reading, where it's a lot of creative intuition that comes into play. So for example, you know, if the star card means something to me when there's no reading being involved, there's going to be all of these multifaceted meanings that's pretty uh, rooted in historically grounded concepts. But right. in an actual reading, all of that gets thrown out the window. It could mean something entirely different, right? And so I think that's, some, that's the way I like to teach, to give oh, them no. a really strong sort of 
um, like like connection to how other people before us that we really revere have read and to copy and take on their meanings and then at some point learn how to discard all of that, throw it out the window and come up with our own. So it's a different you know, perspective. No, I think I think I think it's not different. It's just the opposite. And I and I'll tell you why I think that based on because you go to the to the beginnings and we well, I, I can't say what Jamie does cause exactly, but what I want to do is I want to get them comfortable enough with their cards so that they don't feel like they have to have it memorized by rote. And I think that's the difference from, from where the students that I get is that they think they have to know all the exact meanings at that moment. So that's, I think, why I take away the books and then bring them back in later on. Once they're comfortable with their cards and they don't feel like they have to, oh my God, I have to have it memorized. And I think that's why I go that direction. But I don't discount our masters because that's important too. We need to know why did Pixie put this particular flower in this point and what did it mean at that time? Um, but I think also making it be the first thing for, for the people that I end up working with because they get all, oh, I, I don't know it by heart. And it's like, okay, then I like, no, let's put the books aside. So I think, I think, I think we just do it backwards, <laughs> really. And then I don't think that either of these perspectives are incorrect. I just think it's just a matter of who you're dealing with. If you have someone who loves the scholarly part of it, I think that's the best part to put forward first because they want to know. But when they're not sure if they want to know, that's why I kind of go, well, let's do your intuition first and get you comfortable so right. that you don't feel like, oh, gosh, I'm going to make a mistake if I say the wrong thing. No, you're not. But here, now you know that you don't, you're not going to say the wrong thing. Let's go back and go see why this is that or that is that, as you pointed out. Green vases. Wouldn't have known that if I hadn't studied that, right, in art history. Mm-hmm. As for me. Or I, why did we use the lily? I think for me, the biggest reason why I take away the book first is because when I was 13 and I got into tarot, all you had was the LWB. There wasn't that okay. many books out there in the early 80s, at least in Colorado, that I knew of in Colorado because we didn't have anything. And the book just confused me. You know, like when you looked at The Fool mm-hmm. and you got the, you know, literally the keywords of, you know, like adventure or, you know, new beginnings, having a foolish behavior. And then you put the Celtic cross down. It's like, uh, which one is which? <laughs> you know, I had no mm-hmm. idea. So I always wanted my students to have a little bit more of a um, self-confidence boost in that. I mean, for the longest time, all I did back then was I took literal, took my camera, took photographs of the readings because mm-hmm. I didn't know how to, I, I, I was so stymied on how to read it. I'm like, this is hard. This is weird. And if somebody had just said, just tell me what you see, I would have been, oh, oh, this is what I see. So I take the book away because I wanted to see, I, I like to, uh, it's kind of my guinea pig um, scientific studies where I want to get newbies who've never touched a deck to write down their thoughts before they even get introduced to any of the meetings and whatnot mm-hmm. so that I can see what brilliance comes out of them before they even get um, weirded out by the LWB or, you know, the tarot right, masters and all that because. Or tarot I, wisdom. That's a great book. Yeah. They're, they're all great books. I, you know, I do like reading about perspectives on cards because it's amazing the nuances i also love hearing my clients say well in in for example i i use the shadowscapes deck and one of the cards there's a hidden dragon and i've never seen this hidden dragon in one of those cards and i had a client once tell me well there's a dragon there and i'm like really let me see the card and i picked the card up and sure enough there's a dragon i'm like wow i didn't see that so i love seeing these new things because they also teach me too and that's kind of why i take away the book first but 
I'm a I'm a I'm a sponge. I know I've mentioned this many many times in other podcasts on here and whatnot. I I'll learn anyway. I like the books, whether they're beginner books or not, because as Benabel says, you know, you need to kind of have those different opinions and you know to detail it to the student and what they want. And speaking of teaching methods, I think it's so interesting how the internet has and social media has absolutely mm. revolutionized tarot. Oh yeah consciousness around tarot because i'm i'm not old at all but when i was when i was a newbie in tarot there really wasn't a social network for tarot Mm -hmm. so everybody had like either the little white book and the eden gray if you had 10 20 dollars to spare and you had the celtic cross i think everyone learned like you know you don't know anything about tarot you hardly know how many cards there are and you're running this, the Celtic cross, you know, Oh yeah. Hopes and dreams. What, you know? And so I kind of feel like it's so great that now there's so many more approaches and schools of thought, and you can find an entry point into tarot that's more comfortable for you. Whereas mm-hmm. I really do remember when I was learning tarot, everybody learned with the Celtic cross, you know, there oh, was yeah. just no other way. It was the Celtic cross or maybe the horseshoe for some people. If uh-huh. you were- easy and wild but you know those were the only two beginner tarot spreads there were and that turned me off of spreads totally turned me (laughs) off of spreads i was like the celtic cross what does this all mean you know in a way kind of effectively screw that i'm done so i would start doing my own little card readings however i wanted (laughs) Mm -hmm. to do them and and i think that's the thing that we all we all have that basis of and it came with your your decks also you get those big posters of the celtic cross with oh god with my Hanson Roberts, if I remember correctly, I got one, and I'm like, uh, "What do I do with it? What? Uh, what?" And then it was like, "Oh, okay, go read the little book." And, oh, all right, that. But and then I'd get another one, and the the there were positions that were switched. It's the same picture, but two of the positions would be switched, or you know, and you're mm-hmm. like. But this is the, but that is the, I don't understand. Or they have different names and you're like, wait a minute, which one is the true Celtic cross or. Right. You know, it's funny. I, in my previous um, incarnation, I was a technical writer. And so we, you know, labor, I labor over these how to, how to Mm -hmm. get your VCR done or how to do this gym machine thing. And in the end, nobody reads the manuals. I mean, we all have our partners and our partners have probably hooked up electronic equipment or inserted new software and they've never read the manual, you know, and I'm one of those that I'll pick up the manual first and I'll start reading it inevitably because my partner's like, why isn't this working? I'm like, well, in the manual it says, but isn't it funny how in tarot we all go to the book first, whereas in a lot of other disciplines, we don't pull the book out. We, we're just like, oh, I'm just going to fiddle with it. I'm going to plug it in. But we never trust that fiddling it with a tarot deck is the trusting thing to do. We always go for the book. I think it's because of a lot of the superstitions mm-hmm. that are around tarot that if you're really a new be- a beginner and you just come into it, there's really no one around to, at least back then, there was no one around to dispel the myths. So mm-hmm. I'm like, Oh wait! I need to go find black silk. You know, first of all, I shouldn't touch this while I find black silk, and then like you shouldn't buy your own tarot deck. (laughs) Don't you dare buy your own tarot deck. (gasps) There's like all these things that you're, and there's no one there, and you're a beginner. So how are you supposed to know better? And then you have all of these religions that are telling you, oh no, no, this is really scary. You know, demons are going to come down if you open the deck. Oh no, I don't want to open like the gates of hell if I open this deck. (laughs) So there's all these things you need to try to like, like how do you get to the anyway? So. 
I understand. Well, and and I still think, I think that that still exists. Those, those, oh my God, how do I do this thing? Because, well, the gates of hell, etc. Even with the internet, I think that the, the, the internet's kind of made that a little bit easier, but I think it's also made it a little bit easier to also put out those myths. Mm-hmm. I mean, I can still find people going, you shouldn't buy your first tarot deck. Really, you shouldn't. And then we've got our friends going, no, come on. Who's going to buy it for you? You know, you may not have parents who say, sure, okay, why not? Kid likes something. It's not going to hurt her. It's paper. There you go. Um, but again, you do have those myths. And, and how do you dispel that? What What is a way to really and everybody's got different myths that they believe in sleep with the cards under your pillow for three weeks and and you will you know I'm like that's gonna I be uncomfortable I, that box is really yeah my head hey that helped me <laughs> i think i know <laughs> one good way to dispel all the myths certification right we get oh, people God. certified <laughs> now we're back to the beginning and we're yeah we're now back to the beginning Right. The Tarot Vision Certification Program, my understanding was I would be able to learn what's myth and what's fact. Is that correct? Oh, yeah. I, I believe so. Yeah. I mean, we might have to have an expanded Tarot Certification yeah. Pro- Tarot Vision Certification Program now that I'm partially in charge, exactly. kind of in charge myth- now. We'll have to add uh, into that. Does that mean I have to send you a picture of uh, Madeline Kahn? Because, you know, myth, 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 myth. myth. Yes. <laughs> I'm here. Muppet movie, sorry. Muppet movie reference. Um, so... Yeah, I think, and and back to Tarot Vision certification, uh, how many times have you listened to this show, you will be certified that you've listened to this show. Um, and we have no problem sending you that, by the way. We do have a, our own certification. As a tarot listener, you have listened to tarot. You can read if you want to. Um, but I, again, back to the topic of, of certification, I think it really depends on what your motivation is and why you would do it. And Absolutely I agree, but I think from a looking, you know, being sort of a naggy mother figure, I'm just so concerned, and not just mag- naggy mother, but just from what I see, because, you know, I, you know, I do kind of get a lot of people who contact me asking me questions or asking me for my advice about tarot and things like that. And it's really heartbreaking to see a lot of people who may not have the personal budget for a lot of mm-hmm. these programs, but they're... I don't want to say, how do I put this gently? Like they're just looking for some kind of permission to Mm. something that they love doing and they're not secure. They don't feel confident that they're good enough. Mm. So they want someone to tell them, guess what? You're good enough. And then they're going to pay them more than they can afford just to get that one statement that you're good enough. And so that's the thing that I'm so afraid of. You know, I I do. Mm. I mean, it's a real thing. No, no, it's a very real thing. And so how can you, how can you, if you, if you want to be a responsible member of the community, what can you do to proactively reduce that from happening? And I would say offer classes that you can teach people for free um, and say, now that you're, here's some books that you should read. Here's a reading list. Um, Get out there and do the work. I mean, then that's really what it comes down to. It's, it, it doesn't even matter the finances because again, the, uh, there's so many resources for free these days that I think that it's just encouraging people to do the work and pick up the deck and go, you know, but again, how do you know who's done the work and who hasn't? And now my brain is going, I don't know what to tell you other than, you know, get your knowledge, find your knowledge base I would and, say- and really invest in yourself to be able to be comfortable and confident in what you're saying, because people are going to ask. 
there was a beeping horn. For me, it's, it's, I mean, if we want to put the money and the classes and stuff aside, if somebody came up to me and wanted to, um, you know, notice me, senpai, help me validate, am I doing this what's right? It's, it's you take some time to maybe let them read for you or, you know, show them what you've done and say, hey, this is great. You have a really unique style. Or, you know, if they ask for that sort of advice, it's um, I do editing and my other is one of my other hats. And I'm a huge cheerleader in general. I will spear people on. Um, even in my classes, people try and paw paw some of their, you know, their their quantitative results. And I'm like, no, go with that first idea mm-hmm. and stick with it. Um, so I just say cheerlead them on. Show them that what uh, you're doing is right because it's right for you. It's your gut's telling you to go with this approach or this style. So keep on doing it. Trailblaze it. Be different. Don't, don't you know, have your canned meaning set and use that over and over again. You know, listen to every input that you've gotten and, you know, just push through with it. But I still don't think we've so answered the question. A, here's the twist on the question, okay? And this is a question for both of you. I've, I've taken on the hat as the interviewer now. So I'm <laughs> see that. Good job. The, the podcast. Let's say, okay, you've become somebody where you literally are getting 15 emails or requests mm-hmm. week, okay? You're getting 15 people, more than that, like all of the time contacting you saying, can you mentor me and can you certify me? Can you help me achieve this goal that I want? And from the bottom of your heart, you really want to, you know, but you have 24 hours in a day and some of that time you also need to sleep. You how don't need to sleep, Benabel. <laughs> what would you do? What is? How would you deal with that situation where you want to reach out and be able to interact with as many people in a meaningful way about tarot and uplift the community and you know nurture, coach, mentor, and do that for people and have them be confident? And if they require a piece of paper that tells them they're they've been certified, do that for them because that's that Dumbo's feather that helps them yeah, at, exactly. get over the initial hump. You want to do that for these people but you don't have a lot of time. And at the end of the day, you also need to eat and pay your bills. What do you do? Go for it, Jamie, because I know where this is going. Uh, I have no idea where it's going. So I'll just jump in because I'm pretty foolish. So I don't get a lot of those yet. Keyword being yet. However, um, with all the other communities I work in, like I said, I'm a cheerleader. I will offer as much as I can to those people as time allows. I'm very clear. You know, first off, you need to have clear boundaries, I think. You know, yes. thank them for their, um, you know, I would say something like, thank you for your interest. I'm flattered. Um, I, you know, it, it also depends on if if the email or message has said, this is what I want to do with the cards or not. You know, if they haven't stated what they want to do with the cards, I say, try everything. Read books, mm-hmm. you know, talk to others, join Facebook groups that you can, ask questions. You know, even if people are going to pop paw you or be, you know, like tell you you're wrong or something, just keep at it. Um, as far as me, it's like, I will be a cheerleader, but I can only afford X time or, you know, something it's like, you know, if you Facebook friend me or Facebook friend my page, ask me questions, I'll try and answer, you know, when I can there and whatnot. Um, whether or not I personally want to certify people yet, (laughs) that's, that's the hard one. I don't want to certify people yet. I'm not at a place where I feel like I could, you know, uh, consistently teach something to where people would be certified. Um, just because I myself don't have enough self-confidence in that yet. And whether or not I will or not, that's, you know, something the future can only hold. So I think for me, it's just, it'd be like keeping the boundaries, 
telling them my limitations of what I can and cannot do. And then mm-hmm. offer to, you know, make introductions or connections like, hey, it's, you know, if somebody says, I want to know everything about the cards, no, 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 no. And I'd be like, well, you know what, you know, and help me tarot school or bitty tarot or so and so or, you know, it sounds like you want the ATA or, you know, the, the tabby or something. Go talk to them and find out, you know, your local people, especially if they're global. I mean, I can't spend a lot of time teaching global people yet because like you said Benabelle I want sleep <laughs> you know and well, I'm going to be a I'm going to be a pushy journalist here and actually okay. push the envelope of that question the hypotheticals let's say that it is your passion and you do want to so 20 people come to you and all 20 people want to be your student and learn tarot from you and you and you want to that's the given mm-hmm. okay so I'm not, okay. I'm not asking you whether or not you want to part of the hypothetical is you want to help all 20 people but you only have let's say 12 hours in the day and some of that time you need to be earning mm-hmm. money the obvious answer would be to charge them so that yep. you can earn like that's the obvious answer that's well, not the obvious it's answer not. though oh, it's not. For, no for, for me it would be okay fine 20 people want me to you know set up a classroom somewhere Okay, well, I will look into classroom scenarios. Hey, do you guys want to be in person or online? Because the easiest answer is I'm going to set up a classroom online and you guys can go through the material yourself step by step, you know, send in if you want to certify them and you want to check their homework, do some sort of a homework checking system where you know what is a grade A or grade B or grade C or like the terror school pass fail, you know, you know, you have your own things and you may or may not tell these people what they are. And then Would at the end, checking? pardon? Would you charge for homework checking? I probably would because if that's, you know, that would be something that takes time out. It'd be like, because you're setting yourself up to be like a college professor in that case. So yeah, I darn well would. But if you want, you know, and you want to keep it cheap or low budget, you know, you set up an online classroom and you give them two options. You give them with, um, what do they call it with with um with consultation or without consultation so they can go through your program do all this stuff without consultation and maybe that's the cheap forty dollar fifty dollar variety but if they want to you know get your insight and why this homework didn't uh you know if they send in the homework and it didn't pass this is exactly why it didn't pass because you didn't push yourself enough you used only camp meetings you know whatever the qualifications are and then that part you can charge up a little bit more depending on how much time you have regarding your business and your um, and sleep as well as location around the world because you want to be on their time or they will have to stay up and be on your ter- your time. And that's the thing. If you're the person that, that – so to go back to your original question, you have 20 people asking you, yeah, I want to do this. I want you to mentor me, blah, blah, blah. The person who's getting those questions needs to say to themselves – do I want to do this? Okay, so I've answered that question. I do want to do this. All right. How much time do I have? Okay, here's my real job, and how much time does it take? All right. So now I only have three hours. Three hours a week. So in those three hours a week, I am going to take one hour, and that'll be the teaching time. One hour will be the discussion time as a group. And then the other hour can be broken down into how you know, 20 people i'm not going to do the math on this right but the point is you you make the time to say okay i'm going to take this amount of time do you charge for it yes i think you should because your time is worth it if they're coming to you and you need to say here is what i'm going to charge and give them and 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 if they're like well that's too much depending on what too much is go to your minimum start with your minimum of okay i can go as low as this and as high as this and be realistic about the high. Don't be $150 and 
not give them what $150 would be worth. That's the other catch is deciding that. If you think that your time is worth $150, great. That means you're going to give them a whole bunch of stuff in that $150, in my opinion. Now, if that means you're only going to answer two questions for $150, I think you're kind of being a little bit um, not okay. That's the nicest way I can put it. Um, well, it depends because, because, you know, we answer well, one, or, one or two questions for like $100 in, in tarot, you know, in our private sessions. So it depends on, you know, what their questions are. But if you're mentoring them, I think that that's a different that's a different thing than if you're doing a tarot reading. Because a tarot reading, you, you've point at blank said, here's my price. Here's what we do in that time. When you're teaching someone, you don't actually know what questions they're going to have because they're going to see the, the work that you've put together and they may have 10 questions. You're not going to answer the 10 questions even though they've said they're studying your program? I don't think you can quite do it that way. I think you need to be very specific about this is the time, give them a time frame, not a per question type. Does that make sense? Okay, so to sort of follow, giving giving you both a follow-up question, let's say you have a day job, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to make up a random number. Let's say you, you know, to, for your bills and everything, your living livelihood is you make $200 a day. Mm -hmm. And you make $200 a day going to a job that, let's be honest, you really hate, okay? It's a right. desk job. It's shitty. It's horrible, okay? And you have a boss who, you know, is just micromanages you. Now you have this opportunity where 20 people want to, you know, get mentored by you, doing something that you are absolutely passionate about. So, mm -hmm. if, you know, making $200 from doing that would be something you absolutely love doing. Right. Whereas earning $200 at the desk job is, you know what it is. Right. So would you make that transition if the opportunity presents itself to you where you have the opportunity to say yes to doing what you love, but you're charging for it. But by doing so, you can give up the job that you hate. The answer for me is easy. Yes. The answer for me is also yes, because I've done that. I, I love to write, but I left the tech writing job because I wanted to do my own writing instead of write for others. I love to write mm -hmm. for others. That's why I edit. But... I am now a full-time author, editor, and tarot reader. And the tarot reader bit is many hats. It's reading, it's teaching, it's putting on podcasts, it's writing books, you know, it's everything. So I would say, go for it. You know, I mean, bottom line to anybody out there, I mean, as you're listening to this as well, it's run the numbers. What are you yes. losing? Okay. Yeah, what okay. are you losing? What are you gaining? And, and yes, we read that book too, Miss Thing. Yep. So then, okay, well, would you then, would you certify people? Can we blame people who then, you know, put together and package certification programs where that's exactly, they all answered yes to the question, just like you did. And now that's the reason we have these for-profit certification programs. Because when you do give up the day job and you do turn this 20 people and, you know, you turn it into a business to earn that $200 a day to offset the, the day job, what you're doing is you're now starting a business. Mm -hmm. When you start a business, you, you can't start, you can't just be all woo-woo. And I mean, there is the woo-woo, but you have to have some some component of a business mind to it. There has to be some level of business and marketing 101. So then when people do that competently, why do we blame them? You see what I'm saying? Because we oh, do. Yeah. We do blame people in the tarot oh, community yeah. who do business really well and go, oh my gosh, you're doing business so well. I hate you. Um, you know what? Well, I would say yes and no, because I don't blame them. I'm excited for them. 
I'm amazed at their ability to do it because I'm not at that, you know, 200 million a year figure yet, you know, myself. I'm still trying to figure out my marketing, my niche and all that stuff. Um, But I think what we disagree are on the little niggling bits, the details, the how did they do it? Who, Who did they step on? If they stepped on somebody, what they did, how many policies or procedures did they take from other for-profit things and conglomerated on their own um, and not give credit and that's not give credit too. yeah i mean I, I always i try to give credit where credit's due oh yeah because that's and just i think me. That, and to answer what you were saying is I, I i am also in the jamie camp of no i don't actually hate them or dislike them for that because if if again if it is a service that they're providing if there's paperwork if there's backup if it's not just a hey come listen to my me talk okay you've listened to me talk here's your piece of paper and now give me five hundred dollars that's different i think that the certification programs where you're doing something where you're getting feedback and giving feedback those kind i think i am i am more comfortable with and i don't disagree that you've got to make a living i mean i, I look at you miss benabel and kind of go why are you only charging me 40 dollars for this but that's your choice you get to decide that it is your program um and then but then there's these other programs i'm like you're asking me for 800 dollars, and what are you giving me no i don't think so a lot and of those programs the- give you far less than what benabel gives that's the funny thing Oh yeah, sorry. Um, I forgot. Again, I don't disagree with with you you as the person providing the service setting the price point. I do think that, you know, you're going to find your people when you do that. Um what I have a problem with is the people who say give me $800, you get two things and that's it. Bye, you're done, you're certified. Mm. Those are the people I dislike for doing that because they're not doing it in the spirit of actually to earn money. They're just doing it because, well, this looks like easy money. Are there and programs like that? I, I, I mean, I honestly don't know of any. There are, and they're, they're less and less now that we have more social media, and they're less and less that we hear about, but they do still exist. You know, and that's the sucky part. Um, thank goodness, because the fact that the community, we are still not elevated as you would put it um to public uh embracement but we do have enough of a community i think that it becomes less and less and the word of mouth is getting out more about those type of programs and people are not participating in them as easily and they're hearing about the very good programs that are out there and the very good types of certifications or study and that i think is why those are becoming less and less but back to again your original question would we do this and how would we do this and what qualifies as okay you've now paid me two hundred dollars what am i going to give you and i think that's going to be more study and more paperwork to learn and and grow yourself and i think i personally don't have a problem with somebody who's doing that because i think if i can see what they're doing and share that knowledge base and they have no problem sharing the knowledge base that they're putting out there it makes most sense in the world um and i i you know, there are people like you. Yes, I'm going to say it. You don't charge enough, in my opinion. However, I don't get to tell you what you charge. You do. It's great for me because financially it makes me feel like, okay, I can afford this and I can learn all this stuff. And I don't have to just go pick out a book. Um, and I've got someone I can uh, interact with. And I think that's the point is the teacher is going to have to decide how much they are willing to put out and how much they want to charge and what their time is worth. 
And I think the people who are learning it get to have that advantage of someone who values their time, but also values the people that they are trying to get to learn more about. And I want to add something to that. Um, As we're talking, we're talking in the realm of kind of spirituality studies Mm -hmm. and whatnot. A lot of people assume that religions and and spiritual teachings should be free, which is fine and mighty. However, in today's day and age, everybody needs to make a living. Those, the priests in the Catholic Mm -hmm. Church and any pastors, you know, whatnot, they all make a living. They all have money. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine once told me that, you know, spiritual teachings, no matter what day and age, they made what they needed to live on. Back in mm-hmm. the medieval ages, it would be people bringing them food or giving them housing as they would wander the lands or whatever, mm-hmm. or, you know, provide teachings. In today's day and age, it's money. It's cash. Mm-hmm. We still, you know, have to make a living as spiritual teachers, as spiritual seekers. And it is 100% okay to charge for what our services are. And again, I, I agree. I mean, I obviously, I absolutely agree since I do. But I think I understand it's with spirituality. We also have to acknowledge there's a very sort of dangerous cutoff point. Mm-hmm. Like there's that point where it goes from being okay and we're all just trying to have a livelihood to we're exploiting people's belief systems. Mm-hmm. And we can't say that that doesn't happen. It's not even about tarot. I mean, in other established you know, oh, traditions, yeah. established religions, we see multi-million dollar pastors, you know, who have oh, private yeah. jets. So it obviously happens in every single religion. We're just focused on, you know, this particular spiritual practice because it's what we're, you know, focused on. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. We, and we do have to acknowledge that, that there oh, is yeah. a very dangerous cutoff point where, you know, we start exploiting people. And I think, as you point out, we need to decide where that cutoff point is as a community. And I think um, to do that, it's the education. We need to educate ourselves and each other, have test groups, beta groups. I mean, if Bannabelle really is, if this is really about Bannabelle, her starting a certification program and leaving her day job, which I'm not sure if that's true or not. No, you know, no. Okay. No. Then, but yeah, if that ever does happen, no. Um, you know, it's about testing this, th- these theories out, you know, picking beta groups, you know, being able to have those small groups saying, hey, am I giving enough? Am I giving too much? Am I charging enough? Am I charging too much? Is this sp- still a spiritual integrity to me as well as the people I want to teach? Those are and some the of the problems. Yeah. And, and the other thing to keep in mind is knowing your surroundings. Because again, um, the am I charging too much? Am I charging too little? There comes a point where you have to say, okay, what will, what will the community bear in my area? Like, because in, in Silicon Valley, you could probably charge a little bit more than you could in, say, the middle of Wyoming. I'm throwing it out there because that's what I thought of. Um, and and an understanding who your your audience is and who you're serving, because again, you, you don't have to pay, charge $150 if your community can't bear that and be aware of that. I mean, if you can live off less, you can and you can charge a little less. Great, then do that. But don't don't try and take advantage. And I think that's the thing to keep in mind with with some of these programs is being aware of what you're asking and what your community uh, you're asking them of and and. I don't know. I guess that's that's just a ethical question now. Is what what's ethically right and what's not? And now we're going to just go on for about another hour on that. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> that, that's the hard part because people do disagree on ethics. 
So, mm-hmm. you know, you're saying that it's based on ethics. I absolutely agree. Then the problem is, well, what's ethical and what's not? What is the agreed upon code of ethics? And that's, an, like you said, it's another hour. And yeah. not only that, but it's exactly. also locational ethics, because what is ethical in the United States might not be ethical in Canada or the UK or Russia, et cetera, et cetera. So, or other parts of the United States. Yeah, or, Let's yeah. be honest. Well, yeah, it is, you know, for us in the States, it's state by state or even city by city for laws, especially with fortune telling and whatnot. Everybody out there needs to know their fortune telling laws, you know, of the United States, their state their city maybe even their 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 county you know their, their location. county their yeah. city yeah yeah you need to know everything and that can be also tricky too but it sounds like we've got another topic for another you know ethics and stuff for another episode maybe one day oh we, we think we've got the lawyer on hand to yep. help us out. <laughs> well this is a legal question it's a the tarot community has to form its own right. code of ethics so and I know that there there have been some uh, attempts at this. Um, so if you, I uh, think the ATA still has it posted, their yeah. their code of ethics. Um, and I think that's a good thing to think about is like, what is your code of ethics and do you share it? Do you put it out there? And and uh, totally, I think that's something that you should definitely do as a as a as a reader and to show what you're really all about. And 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 yes, sometimes you do need to remind people this is for entertainment purposes only. Um, even though they will get more than that out of it, um, if if that's what their their questions about. Um, I always yeah, now- say that certain jurisdictions, the law there may require me to tell you that this is for yeah. entertainment purposes only. So you are now advised thereof. However, know that I'm coming in here with a very serious heart. This is my belief system. This is something Mm -hmm. I take seriously on a very spiritual and karmic level. So you're getting the best from me, even though it's for entertainment purposes, you know. So I always give that kind of qualified disclaimer that's very roundabout and typical of a lawyer. Well, and when we used to do this this at uh, Renaissance fairs, um, we would have a posted. here is our, our ethics and here's what we believe about what we're doing and being very clear to people that um, we believe this, this is what we believe, but we are not you. We can't tell you what to do with your life. We can just tell you what we see in these cards. Here you go. And, and it works generally speaking. And we made sure it was within the law of the city that we were in and that kind of thing. Cause you got to cover those bases. Anywho. Well, this has been highly amusing and entertaining and informative. Yes. Where can we find more from you, Miss Benabel? Benabelwen.com, my website. Um, I know it's a hot mess, but if you're willing to wade through the hot mess that it is, because I I make it myself, I, you know, have no help. It's just 100% me and I'm not a web designer. So that's why Mm. it's a hot mess. But if you're willing to wade through that and look for stuff, you know, that's where you can find me. Well, thank you so much for coming in and chatting with us about certification and, and, Oh my goodness, this is going to be one of our longer episodes, but oh my goodness, it's so worth it. Yes. Thank and you everybody you for want, hanging in there. Yeah. And if you do want Tarot Vision certification, as we said, send us your a message on Facebook and we'll make sure you get a piece of paper that says you've gotten certified by Tarot Visions. It doesn't mean much more than you've got a piece of paper saying, we agree, you, you could be a reader. Awesome. I'm taking uh, notes and... Filing my certification submission form very soon. You'll hear you'll, you'll hear from me soon. Awesome. Okay. We look forward to getting your receipt. Getting me certified. Yes, definitely. Woohoo! Woohoo! All right. Thank you guys and have a great rest of your day. Thank you.
Thank you for listening to Tarot Visions, a podcast for the modern oracle. To keep the conversation going, please find us on Facebook at Tarot Visions US or follow us on Twitter at Tarot underscore Visions.